Hello, and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson, and I'm the founder of Core Women, and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Natalia Spicker, who has described herself as a misfit, an alchemist, an old soul, and an explorer, amongst other things. She realized throughout her personal journey that these things didn't really pay the bills, but they became the fuel that powered her alchemistic journey across the world, only to come back home to Miami in 2014 and end up making the best discovery of her life herself. I cannot wait to delve deeper into your journey, Natalia. So welcome, and let's get right into this. Thank you so much, Summer. It is an absolute honor and pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for thinking of me and including me. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me about why you've described yourself as a misfit, alchemist, old soul, and explorer, because I really love that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, those, you know, when you asked me to write my bio, I was like, oh my goodness, I've written a, a couple of, you know, short bios, and I was like, I really want to make this something people can relate to. Um, and I chose those words because those, for the longest time, I thought there was something wrong with me because I didn't fit in. I moved around, you know, different cultures, uh, cultures that were the same on the outside, but but really fundamentally different. So um, for the longest time, I, I was always searching for home. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons I mentioned just travel around the world in search of something. And it's because I never felt like I fit in. But then I realized something that that was actually something wonderful, that being a misfit um, is, is actually a really cool thing. And it, you know, yields a lot of wonderful attributes that, you know, we'll get into later. But I, I picked the, the misfit one because of that. And, you know, the others are just things that really kind of unfolded in my life as, as I got a little older and, and got more and more in touch with myself, the whole finding herself part. Um, so so I, I wanted to start off with that because I don't like I don't like labels in terms of, you know, I'm this, I'm that, you know, yes, I have a job and yes, I, you know, I'm a professional, but really if I had to pick a badge or a, or some kind of emblem, I would pick those words because I'm, I'm extremely proud of them because I've been able to switch them from something that can be perceived as, you know, like, what is that to something that I'm super proud of. Well, I absolutely love that. I love that you explained it that way. But I'm also going to tell the folks that you have traveled and I want to hear more about your travels. You do have an MBA. You do have a master's in fine arts with your specialty being in graphic design. You have a great deal of learned and lived experience. So give us detail about how you've created a life you love through that For experience. Sure. For sure. Uh, for me, I think the the first thing was I, I was kind of uprooted uh, from Miami when I was about 10 years old. Uh, my parents had no choice but to go back to Colombia to continue our family business. And you would think, yeah, Miami, Colombia, South American, you know, you guys all get along. It's one big happy family. Believe it or not, I thought the same thing. And when I got there, it was a huge culture shock. So uh, that was my first introduction to the whole misfit situation. And, you know, it was interesting because while that at first put me out of my comfort zone, it would later on then fuel my 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 desire and thirst to keep traveling. Um, so from there, you know, I, I moved, uh, I lived in, in Colombia, Cartagena, Colombia for a very long time, you know, made amazing friends that I'm still in touch with today and, and really just discovered parts of myself and really realized how adaptable I was because I finally ended up, you know, 
getting into the culture and, and molding in and, and really just, you know, becoming one of them in my own way. Right. And so I left there and I went to, of all places, Birmingham, Alabama on a, on a tennis scholarship. So talk about culture shock number two. And that was a fantastic journey. I mean, talk about, you know, the, the culture shock on uh, religion, on uh, language, you know, on the way people think and how they, how they feel and perceive life and, and unfortunately judge you depending on how you see yours. And I, I kind of fell into that. I became a, you know, a very judgmental person there. And that was not something I was very proud of. But I emerged from that knowing that, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with with how people choose to live their life there, but this is not for me. And so, you know, I started noticing a trend of this little voice inside of me kind of uh, uh, rearing its pretty little head and saying, hey, it's time to go. It's time to leave here. Um, And that's how my whole, you know, journey started. It was like this little voice saying, you're done here. And it usually was supported by a feeling of like longing to be somewhere else and feeling like you kind of outgrew that situation. Um, not necessarily the people, but just the situation and the city and just the things that you really enjoyed didn't really, you know, float your boat anymore. So I, that's what got me started from there. Um, I actually came back to Miami to give it a second chance. I wanted to be closer to my family, to live with my brother, whom I'm very close with, have a chance to live with my grandmother while she was, you know, in good health. And then um, in Miami, I became this little entrepreneur thing that I don't even know what I was at that point, but I was like, I want to be a photographer. I want to be a songwriter. I want to be a musician. I want to be this. I want to be that. And all of those things like just came like came true. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I am this amazing creator and manifester. And holy cow, like I, wow, this is awesome. So I was like, okay, well, I want to go to London and I want to get in my MBA and boom, there I was, you know, um, put everything in two suitcases and, and left for London. And somehow I got scholarships and my parents supported me and I, you know, sold everything in my apartment and I just went and I didn't know if I was coming back, you know, but wow. that voice, that voice was there. And so it was, you know, again, it was a, a mix of like, you know, you've outgrown the situation and, you know, so on and so forth. So London was an incredible chapter in my life. I'd actually been there in an exchange program, went there for a year and a half. And holy cow, that was where it was like every, it's like every city was a chapter of my life that, you know, it was cool because I knew I was about to write it. So I was like, write it the best way you can, because you're going to read this, (laughs) you know, at one point in your life, you, you better be, you know, excited and proud of it. So I went, as they say, balls to the wall. And I was like, you know what, I want to be, I want, I want not, not only do I want to get my MBA, but I want to, I want to be in touch with tech startups. And I don't know why though, like all this would just come out of like random, you know, inspirations. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm an entrepreneur and I would like, you know, and I would just go around saying, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. So I ended up, you know, attracting entrepreneurs. So I did get my MBA, but on top of that, I did do two internships for uh, for two tech startups in London. So I was really immersed in the London tech scene, uh, which is a huge hub for for startups. Uh, so I got the tech thing under my belt. Uh, and the coolest thing I did there was I was part of, so the mayor of London back then, who is now the prime minister, Boris Johnson, uh, was a big fan of our of our internship or, you know, the, the uh, InnoTech Foundation that we put together. And we hosted his first ever, this was back in 2013. Google Hangout with Silicon Valley. And our mission was to connect people like him with investors and with really cool tech talent. So I was in the midst of all of that. I was like, what is this? But it's fun. So let's keep doing it. So I was just having a blast, you know, and then ultimately my student visa ran out. So not a little voice, but you know, I, I, uh, I had to leave. 
and I came back to Miami um, a little bit against my will because I did want to stay in London, but the time ran out, you know, so it was beyond my control. And uh, Miami 2014, um, I did not want to be here. I was like, oh man, you know, Miami equals I failed and I wasn't able to make it over there. And um, something, I was driving one day and something just spoke to me. Like, I don't know if you've ever had the feeling like, or, you know, the listeners have ever had a feeling like a city speaks to you or a city that you really love just speaks to you. Well, Miami spoke to me and she, which she's a she to me, at least uh, she right. said, <laughs> uh, give me a shot, give me a shot. And I was like, what? It's like, all right, fine, Miami, you're on. Let's go. Um, I uh, I had thirty dollars in my bank account. I was sleeping on an air mattress in my aunt's house, which I love her by the way. She was like, "Come here, like no judgment, like you're a recent grad." And I was like, "I'm so broke," um, and I I needed a job desperately. And I was uh, slipping into depression. Uh, my partner at the time was in rehab with an eating disorder, and so that was extremely difficult. So l- low points all around me. And I started to slip into that. And I was like, I would look at myself in the mirror and be like, you're, you're not a good person. You know, I did not use those words. I was a little meaner to myself, but, um, and I was like, you know what though, this is not me. Like, who is this person? And, and what, like, I just had that one, you know, snapshot look at my life. I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, this is not why I came to this planet. So let's do something about it. So I got online and I just started applying, applying. Nobody would call me back. Started applying, applying, applying. Still nobody. I applied to a hundred places until then. I was just like, you know, clueless as to how to position myself properly in the job market. Cause I did, I mean, look at the journey I just told you, imagine a resume of that person. (laughs) I mean, like it was super hard to understand. So anyway, the, a friend of mine told me, Hey, there's a a fantastic company called uh, the creative group and they help candidates find, kind of find their way, you know, and you might want to apply. So I, I fixed my resume and I applied and they called me right away. I didn't know it was a staffing agency. I thought it was an actual company and I felt really cool because they were like, come over tomorrow. And I was like, Oh my God, I have a job. Um, and actually I did have a job because I eventually applied internally for them. Um, and as you guys know, a staffing agency helps you find work outside of themselves. But for some reason, since I miscalculated, I just fell in love with that company and I was like, no, but I want to work with you guys. I don't want the jobs that you want to place me for. I want to work with you guys. And they're like, okay, can you recruit? And I was like, I don't know. We'll see. And they put me in, they gave me a shot and lo and behold six years later uh that is the, the my my day day job as i call it um in in what i do so i you know help people that were in my situation or that are in my situation uh in that situation i was in 2014 so you know that whole journey was like layer upon layer being peeled back and and revealing different parts of myself um parts that i thought were oh my god like i you know i'm not proud of this or i'm not okay with this and and revealing the beautiful things behind them and then ultimately miami is my home you know i i didn't necessarily, I wasn't born here. I grew up here, but it feels like home. It's never felt like home like this before. And I'm so happy I did give it a chance. So that's my journey in a little nutshell. Um, but, wow. Uh, yeah. And that's a lot, a yeah. lot. You had a lot going on and you were so courageous and so adventurous and you were creative and you brought that creativity together mm-hmm. and developed something for yourself. You brought that resume and that experience together and you created something for yourself. Now, 
with all that said and all that you've done, because you've had some amazing experiences, by the way, I love England. Love it. Oh, I know. I, I feel like I lived there at some point, you know, in one of my past lives, I was like, this place is so, it, it just, I don't know what it is. It grounds me in, in a way that no other country or, or city ground me. I have to agree. I go there every year and there's something about it. And it's not necessarily London, but I love the Cotswolds. So I oh, go there yeah. and it's like a second home for me. Yeah. It really is. It and does I, feel love, that way. I love Burton on the water. I go there as much as I can and yeah. it's like home. So yeah, I understand completely and I've traveled a lot. And so I get you. <laughs> so that is so exciting. I love your journey. I love all that you've been through. Now through that journey, mm-hmm. Can you identify what it was that just kind of put you on the path to personal fulfillment where you said, mm-hmm. aha, mm-hmm. the aha moments. Yeah. I always, I always love asking people their aha moments and I rarely get asked mine. So, um, for me, I think it was, it wasn't a moment in like a one, like bang, mm-hmm. like slap in your face moment. It was a series of little moments that, cause I'm, 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 I'm very analytical. So I'll look at, if I start noticing a trend, I will like, watch that trend like a hawk. And then from there, it, you know, I, I gather the aha moment. So it started with little things like, like, I, like I mentioned to you, manifesting right. and bringing things into reality. And then I kind of started having fun with it. I was like, I'm pretty good at this. Uh, let me just start like playing around with it. So I would play around with like the bus numbers. I'm like, oh, that bus number is going to be such and such. And then this is going to happen there. And it would stop at one point. Like, and again, I'm not saying I did this and it might've been pure coincidence. At one point it started raining and I was literally in this mode of like, just, you know, having fun with manifesting. I was like, it's going to stop raining right now. And it literally stopped. And I was like, uh, this is weird. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it's more, it's one of those, like, trends that you noticed about yourself. And then I realized like, this isn't a game, like this is something. And again, at that point, I wasn't reading books on it. I wasn't going on YouTube and, you know, exploring things about manifesting and visualization. I had, you know, Jack Canfield, I had, I had read one of his books and I was like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. But I think for me, it was just those little moments in time um, started adding up to, to just a bigger picture and me realizing like, there's, there's a bigger picture and there is, and there's also a sense of surrendering that I am so scared of and that I know I am going to have to learn to master if I want to ascend to new levels in my life. Um, so for me, it was just a series of, of, you know, my visualizations becoming reality that made me realize how powerful and in control we are, uh, of certain things. Right. And also how um, required we are to be, to honor the act of surrendering when, when it's required of us. So I think that would be, that would be definitely be it. And it was definitely in London. That's where like all this stuff started, you know, coming to a head. And then now it's, you know, fast forward, what, seven years later, that's, you know, I'm, I'm diving deep into not just manifesting, but, you know, uh, ascension, working with uh, the laws of the universe. That's how I met Jordana and right. I'm, I'm in her class now. So I've, it's like been a huge deep dive. It was literally a preview of what was to come. And I knew that. And that's why I was like, okay, it's time to take it seriously. It's not a joke anymore. <laughs> it's a fun little game, but now it's something like, what's the big picture? So for me, it was, it was a series of things. Well, that is so important. And you we're so insightful to recognize that, to recognize that this goes beyond just, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to declare that I want that parking space or that I'm going to find one, (laughs) (laughs) right? Right? Or that it's going to stop raining. And once I get off this bus, 
it went deeper than that. And do you think that through all of those experiences of moving, travel, being uprooted and having adventures that kind of brought significance to your life, that all that was that wisdom that kind of brought you to, "Mm -hmm, I need to do more with this. This For sure. More. For sure. I think it's, it's, people describe it different ways. Um, right. One of my, my favorite ways that people describe um, waking up, quote unquote, or the awakening process mm-hmm. is like a fog that you're in. Mm-hmm. And it's not a good or bad fog. It's just, you're just in a fog and you can't see beyond that. Some people call it a veil, you know, whatever. For me, I think it was, it really was just a process of like realizing that I'm in a fog <laughs> and realizing that that's okay. That's fine. And that's fine. I'm here right now. And it was really like the beautiful aspect of realizing wherever I am right now and however I am right now, that is perfect. And that's beautiful. And that is a hundred percent. Okay. And for someone that dealt with and still deals with, you know, unworthiness, insecurities, uh, the, the whole, like, I'm not good enough. That was really important. And I think that's where a lot of healing took place, it, even within the fog. So um, as I, as I started progressing and as I started kind of realizing more and more that I was in a fog and really just understanding like, okay, that's okay though. You know, when the compassion and self-love kicked in and self-love for me has been huge. And I think at that point, it's, it's almost like when, what I realized about myself is, okay, I'm in this fog, but I also realize I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just here in the epicenter of the fog. But the more I stretched myself to say, you're beautiful today or good job on doing that. And yes, you deserve that. And yes, that's, you know, that is for you. That is a gift for you. Receive it. The more I started stretching myself by loving myself, I would move beyond, start moving little by little beyond the fog. And I really do feel like some people reach a point where it's like no fog and you're like Julie Andrews on a hill in Switzerland and just having the time of your life. Right? <laughs> the um, hills are alive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Like I am waiting for that moment. You know, that's right. some people's aha moment for right. me. I'm, you know, and again, I, I, but I've also, again, realized that the process of going through the fog or through the tunnel or again, whatever analogy works for you, that's also beautiful and fun. And so it's, it's interesting because every point that I'm in my life, every milestone where I need that, it's like a marathon that we're running, right? This is not a sprint that every like little pit stop that I need a refresher. I meet, I meet either people that point me in the next direction or give me, you know, they quench my thirst literally and and figuratively. And they, they either give me a book or introduce me to somebody. I'll give you Jordana since it's a common acquaintance we have. I discovered her on LinkedIn. She made a comment. I posted a picture and I, and interestingly enough, I posted a picture where I thought I did not look good. And I was like, you know what? I look great in this picture. Shut up, Natalia, just post it. And again, see, it's like accepting and, and pushing myself to really like go beyond. And she responded to that. And I saw her title on LinkedIn. It's like modern day sorcerer, sorceress or sorcerer. Right. Anyway. And I was like, I need to talk to her. I don't know who she is. I had almost 20,000 followers on LinkedIn, but she caught my eye. And I was like, I don't know who you are, but I, I, I want to know what you do. And lo and behold, she's the reason I'm here speaking with you. Um, but interestingly enough, she, you know, we had a great conversation, hit it off. I was like, yes, 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 yes. And her, her contact with my, with my, with myself started right before, right. Like when COVID-19 started and, you know, it's an investment that, that was not expected, but I was like, you know what? Like I, I love her energy. I love everything she's saying. Let's go for it. And her class is the one thing every single week that has gotten me through 
the craziness because we've had I mean you've you've probably heard from no. everybody and seen the news and everything it's it's not a happy time for a lot of us you know right. or at least it can it can it can paint itself that way her class right. has given me you know just so much so many breaths of fresh air so that's an example to show you along my journey I've just been blessed lucky honored I don't know what but to have these amazing people and serendipitous encounters along the way that and I'm mindful of that because I think mindfulness and awareness is really what helps you take that next step and that next step because you're realizing like oh my god like that was not coincidence like I totally asked for this a week ago or even two years ago and I it was given to me and so for me it was just it's been a mix of all of those things that that keep me that keep me going and going and going um and you know even this podcast is one of those things so I appreciate you you know doing what you did and and you know that it'll be another conversation for another time but it there's no coincidence behind this I was actually manifesting something like this last week oh wow this is fabulous and I have to take you a couple of steps back because you mentioned so much here so much <laughs> and all of it is all very important because you mentioned mentioned embracing the moments yeah. living through those moments because many times when we forget to live through the moments and i just did a video on this about are you looking at yesterday are you looking at tomorrow yeah. and sometimes when we do that we miss opportunities mm-hmm. experiences and being in the present 100%. and and yet you've learned how to embrace that, which is fantastic because that is a skill. That is something yeah. difficult <laughs> to do, especially when we're in this world of go, yeah. go, 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 go. I wish I would have gotten my master's in that. <laughs> you know, right? like I really wish like master embracer of the present moment. That is totally, yes, a hundred percent. And it's very hard to, you know what it is? It's, it's not even that it's hard. It's so easy that we don't understand how easy it is. And in that like duality, we're trying to figure it out. We make it complicated, but it's very simple. True, true. And I also think that to kind of piggyback on that, because of where we're at in our society, even with technology, and maybe you can give me your thoughts about this, with technology, it being so fast and things changing every moment to moment to moment to moment that time is transient right so what we talked about 30 seconds ago is in the past <laughs> yeah but what we're talking about here is being in the moment yes. so <laughs> you know so everything essentially is in the past because time is transient so right. how do we because everything is going so fast and even if you watch a movie they have cut scenes shorter specifically to make sure that they're keeping the attention of the viewer Mm-hmm. So as you're looking at all this and I'm, I'm reviewing this and seeing this happen because I came from, you know, I grew up in the eighties and things are a little longer, took a longer time, yeah. you yeah. know? And so how do you configure into that equation mm-hmm. staying in the moment? So I think one of the things that you mentioned that being an eighties, a child of the eighties, um, I, I feel like there's a reason that I was raised in that era. I feel like there's a reason that I didn't have my first cell phone until I was probably 21. Um, and even then it like, you know, was literally like not, I didn't even know if I could text at that point, but you know, very old school cell phone. So I, I feel, I mean, I can answer this question in so many ways, but I'll stick to my, my personal experience. I feel like myself 
in terms of um, being born in the in the decade that I was born in, being exposed to the things I was exposed, being, you know, not having access to certain things made me realize that there, there came, I think my life is like the, the perfect example of duality because I had to kind of go into what I knew I didn't want to then discover what I truly wanted. And so growing up in a time where things were very slow or not slow, I mean, compared to now, right? But back then, I think, the way that I was brought up and the way my mind was developed and conditioned and the culture cultures I was brought up in made me really like deep down appreciate that living in the moment. Now, as a teenager and getting older and then wanting, you know, better cell phones and more technology, of course, that's normal because, you know, of course, iPhone, right? Um, right. I was part of that generation, like that stood in line for the first iPhone. And when the internet actually became the internet, like I remember right. dial up, I remember oh, all yeah. of that. And I remember <laughs> how hungry I was for that, how much I craved it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not like a super techie nerd, but I'm pretty techie. Like I love, you know, the latest updates and all these gadgets. I love that. But I think to, to, to my point, Point, and your point earlier, I think growing up in, in, in a slower time um, made you realize what that felt like. And I think that being in a time where everything is moving so fast and instant gratification, and, and I'm very instant gratification. I think all these things, at least for me, came to a point where I realized it wasn't, they weren't giving me any satisfaction. If anything, like I wanted more and more and more and more. And honestly, like that's just, it's not going to come from that. More and more and more comes from source. And that is the only place, I mean, that I believe that more and more and more and unlimited abundance comes from, not from the things that surround you, not from the things, not from Amazon Prime, you know, not from, you know, like, I don't think Amazon Prime will ever match my manifestation, which, you know, abilities. So, um, but even though it's close, right. But I think as as a society, we're just not even realizing it. We're just evolving into this whole, like, I want it now. I want it now. And then when I get it now, I want it faster. And then if I get it faster, I want more of it. And if I don't have enough of it, then I want a different kind and a better kind and an upgrade. Like, when does it stop? So I think, I think for me, I realized, I I guess I, maybe I had an aha moment in, in that seeking of like more and more and more that I was just never going to get it there. And I'm one, one thing I love about myself is that I know when to stop. I can stop anything cold Turkey and I can start anything cold Turkey. Like I love that about myself. And that is one superpower that I'm so thankful I have in my life. Uh, But I was able to realize it quickly enough to be like, this is not the way like, okay. So then, and again, at that point, enter a few key people in my life that um, gave me books about being in the moment, getting, you know, getting into the gap, you know, Wayne Dyer, um, people that helped me how to meditate, showed me how to meditate, got me into yoga, Kundalini. uh, And then from there, Sadhana. And then from there, like, it was just like this whole world of like, stop for a second, you know, unfolded before me slowly, slowly and slowly. But I think it was just me realizing that and again the trend noticing just like noticing little things building up like this is just it doesn't sit well with me you know so for me that again it's a long answer to your question but I am you know I feel like I'm more of like a process driven human that eventually comes into the truth um and for me it just it being aware of how technology is never going to match what source can give us that for me was like the eye-opener right there Well, I so appreciate your answer. It is a process. You know, you took us through that process by your explanation, which I'm glad you did, because I think also 
having been raised in the 80s, we have that point of comparison. I'm going to simplify this a little bit. We have that point of comparison of what it was like to have a rotary phone and go, you know, could you imagine that today? You know, people are like, that belongs in a museum, right? Right. So it's like, don't know what that is. Right. And as you're talking and as you're explaining about, you know, Amazon Prime and how we get faster and everything that you're explaining, I'm just like, whoa, okay. She yeah. just, she exemplified it right there of how fast we're going, right? And how fast we're changing and how fast we want change, how fast we want something else, how fast we want to order something and get it delivered, how fast everything is. However, we've got that point of comparison. So at some point, you also, you took that opportunity to say, stop, mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. I'm going to ha- learn how to live in the moment. And, and you did this and you're so insightful. So with all that you've done, all that you're doing, answer me a question. How do you, and you, you kind of touched on this. How do you take time for your personal wellness? Well, I think, and that's a great question. I think that the biggest thing for me is I, I've learned to throughout this journey that I've shared with you and and the audience, I've, I've learned to flow. And people love using that word nowadays. And I love that word. But again, we really should take the time to understand what that means. And flowing is, in my my opinion, and my definition, is constantly being open to whatever the moment holds and allowing it to take you through a literal like stream and you just not pushing back. It's like how Abraham Hicks says the passive least resistance. And I'm sure you've heard mm-hmm. of Abraham Hicks. Um, so it's really understanding how, how to do that. So for me, I don't have a set time frame or a schedule or a practice of sorts. I've tried and I've realized that as much as I want to be a creature of habit and I am like engineered to be one, I, do best when I am a creature of flow, right? So um, I am open to anything that comes my way. And it's interesting because things will catch my eye. Like somebody will be like every week, and this is like, does not fail. Every week somebody's like, you need to read this book or I'll be on YouTube and something catches my eye. And then all of a sudden now it's that new podcast that I, you know, want to want to listen to, or I was featured on a podcast and now I'm going to listen to every other story that's on there. So (laughs) I, I take those, those again, serendipitous encounters as the universe trying to tell me, Hey, you need to listen. There's a message for you here. Um, classes like Jordana's are, are a huge thing. So I would say if I had one anchor, one recurring thing that I do, I make sure that at least once a week, and this again is, is it keeps me sane. I have an encounter with another person or another group of people, um, whether that's family, whether that's mass, whether that's sadna, whether that's, you know, I don't know, a virtual coffee date with my team from work, whatever. I, I make it a point to connect with people, not just in, not just during COVID, but just in general, to connect with people that, that just make my soul come alive somehow, you know, or where I feel super grounded, where I can be super authentic. So I have a weekly recurring, um, and, and it always flows. I don't plan it. I never, I just, I'm looking back now and I'm like, yeah, it happens on a weekly, on a weekly basis. And sometimes I just want to be by myself. 
you know, and sometimes that, that grounding moment is with myself and I've really learned to incorporate myself in that and, and just really sit with myself. So, um, I would say, you know, as, as advice to others that are looking for a way to connect, and I, I know maybe you may not know how to flow initially, I would just say, be mindful of any materials that come your way or any people that come your way that ask you like, have you ever tried this? Have you ever read this? Or, you know, any information that contains further content or further information, just be mindful of that. And, you know, kind of see the trend for me, it's always stuff that has to deal with what I mentioned earlier, where my interests lie. Um, so that's what really caught my attention. Cause I'm like, wait a second. I mean, Abraham Hicks, to give you an example, Abraham Hicks, I heard, I went to a, 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 a mass service, um, and they were like, oh, Abraham Hicks, this, and, and, they, and they gave a quote. And I, had, I thought it was a man. So clearly I was, you know, clueless. And I was like, oh, that's such a great quote. I wonder who this guy is. So I researched the, the guy and, you know, I saw a bunch of videos come up and I'm like, I'll research this later. The next day I walk into my yoga studio and my yoga instructor, she's like, yo, you need to listen to Abraham Hicks right now. And I was like, okay, what? And I was like, but that guy, like, I keep hearing about this. She's like, it's not a guy. And I was like, what is it? And she's like, just go on YouTube. And I was like, okay, well, I'll tell you this much. The Abraham Hicks podcast is one, one that's on Spotify. I listen to that every morning without fail. So there you go. That's, that's one awesome. of the things is like searching for me because eventually, you know, it, something out there knew that it was going to power me through my day. So little infusions of, of powerful content, um, whenever you can get them. Um, that's, that's the, the name of the game for me and flowing. I love that little infusions of powerful content. I love that. And I also love, and, and here's my simplified words for it is the openness to discovery. You know, my next question, and you, you've kind of answered it, but I'm going to ask you to sum it up. But before I do that, I think that you make such a great and valid point that you're open to the discovery. You're open to the learning process. And so this gets me to my last question Mm -hmm. and you've kind of answered it and you've given us a lot of it. If you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Be yourself, be yourself, be a hundred percent yourself. And, and what does that look like? I don't know. Only, you know, right. And the way that I've been able to achieve that is through sitting with, with what feels good. And that may not come immediately. You might have to, you know, get through your own fog. <laughs> you might have to realize that there's a fog in the first place. Um, but just realize that you were put, each of us, each of us, everyone that is alive at this very moment was put on this planet for a huge purpose. And the fulfillment of that purpose is in your hands. And the attainment of that purpose is through the realization of how to become 100% your authentic self in every situation. So again, what that means to you right now, I don't know. You might resonate with it completely. It might be like, what is this crazy woman talking about? Regardless, just remember those words. Be yourself. Thank you, Natalia, for joining me on the Core Women podcast It was an today. honor. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Summer. So much. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about Natalia, please follow her on Twitter and LinkedIn. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infocorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. 
Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.